This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. I'm excited this morning for several reasons. Uh, on Wednesday evening, we had a, a prayer meeting as a church. Um, instead of Bible study, so to speak, we sat down and we prayed. Oh, church, it was fabulous. It was absolutely fabulous. I say that not to make you jealous, <laughs> if you were unable to make it. But I say that to tell you because as a church, you know, it's so paramount. It's one of the most is we pray together and we ask the Lord to help us and to guide us. We seek his face. We ask him for strength. That's what we're here for. That's what we need to do. And then when we start to do that, we put him in his rightful place, don't we? And when he's in his rightful place, church, he will grow the church. It's not reliant on me. It's not reliant on John or anybody else. It's reliant on the fact that God has put head of the church this is going to keep cutting in and out today but never mind and he is going to build his church and the bible tells me that the gates of hell aren't going to stand and this morning we want to have a look at that and we want to bring our praise and our worship to him who's worthy of praise so last weekend we looked um, at something that uh, or some things that were significant i told you that i like the word significant Do you remember? (laughs) And today really is the same. I want us to draw in on something so significant that Paul writes, as Anita's read for us in Thessalonians, to not stop doing it. In fact, to continually do it. In fact, to do it without ceasing. And what is that? Gosh, you all listen so well. (laughs) That is to pray. The Bible verses, as Nita read, 1 Thessalonians 5, but verse 17, Paul says, pray continually. Pray continually, or pray without ceasing. Pray about everything all the time. Prayer is so important. It's our one-to-one communication with our Heavenly Father. As Christians, it's our reference point, it's our starting point, and it's paramount to our Christian walk, amen? So my question is, why is it so important? And my other question is, can it make a difference? These are two questions that often are brought up when we talk about prayer. Often that people say, well, does it really make a difference? And I want to start with just a little bit of, um, well, a story just to get you in the zone. I feel like it's warm this morning. Several of you might have already drifted. <laughs> but I, I wonder, I'll, I'll talk about um, my hobby. I, I like to run. You may, you may or may not know that, but disappointed if you don't know it by now. I don't run very far and I don't run very fast, but I like to run. So every now and again, as often really as I can, I get out and I have a, I like to call them runs, okay? I like to run. Most people would call it a, a steady canter. More of a jog. Yeah, more of a jog. But I try, you know, five minute miles is all I can do. It's my best, you know. Those that know running know that I'm dreaming, if only. But you see, 
I, I run for a couple of reasons. Partly because I want to stay fit. I like a nice healthy heart, or at least I try to. My diet doesn't always go hand in hand with that. But also I run because it helps me keep the weight off. Those of you that know me know I love food. Oi, it's a big downfall. Absolutely love food. So I, I run as often as I can to try and keep off those extra pounds from piling on. Now it's the summer. They do tell me there are no carbs before mobs. Clearly no. <laughs> no carbohydrates before you go to Marbella. All right. I'm just, I'm, I feel like I'm educating at the same time here in things that you should not be educated in. Anyway, but you see, um, you know, well, you try and get your summer on, but it is what it is. I, I, and, and I find myself at the moment, you know, running a few extra miles and lifting a few more weights. I call them weights. John would call them nothing but most people would call them weights you know and so I do a little bit extra more and I train a little bit harder and the problem is tends not to make a great which does disappoint me you know why it doesn't make a difference because back to my earlier point I really like food But I know that if I want a lean physique, it's not made out running. It's not really made with the weights that I lift. It's made by what goes in here. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to educate anybody in the way of sports science or whatever, but I don't want you to switch off because this is why. Because it's exactly the same with prayer. You see, as our is we go about doing what we do and sometimes we think, you know, I just want to get better. I want to be more Christ-like. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I know because you're the same as me. There are times when I'm absolutely rubbish and there are also times when I think, come on, we can do this. Let's have this. So I step it up a little bit and my attendance gets better and my giving perhaps gets a little bit better and my Bible study gets a little bit better and we're like, come on, we're having this, we're having this. But I know also that I'm not starting in the right place. If I'm not keeping it clean in the kitchen, it ain't going to make a difference. What I have to do is do what? I have to prepare for everything that I do. Much like in life, we have to prepare for the things that we're about to step into. Our Christian walk isn't any different. It's everything that we are. We have to prepare constantly. And what do we do in our preparation? Where do we start? Prayer. You see, if we want to become more Christ-like, we have to start with the author and perfecter of our faith. So we start there. We don't start wherever we feel like starting. You don't ever see a 100-meter sprinter starting at 60 meters, do you? I'm going to nail this today. No, he starts right at the beginning. He starts where it all starts. He starts like you and me need to start at the foot of the cross. And church, that starts with our hearts saying, Lord, here I am. It's Monday morning. I don't know what the week's going to throw at me, but I tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to forget you with me. I tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to try and do the next four hours by myself. You know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to focus on the things that aren't bringing glory to you. In fact, I'm going to fill my life with with things that are all about my Savior. Now, we might think that that's quite difficult on a Monday morning. 
If you're not in the full-time Christian work or you perhaps don't serve in a church 24-7, you might think to yourself, well, you know, it's really difficult. It's difficult to try and put Christ in the first place of everything that I do. For me, tomorrow morning, I guess, could entail uh, a little bit of electrics. It could entail me purchasing some stuff. It could entail me telling somebody that they're late. I like that job. It, It could entail all sorts of things. But Paul says to us to pray continually. Really, what should our Monday morning consist of? Prayer. What about Tuesday? It's really simple, this, isn't it? The problem is, is we complicate it. We complicate it because what we do is we overlook the starting point. We overlook the things that are most important in our lives. We, we try to out-train bad diet. And that's never going to work. We try to out-train bad diet. And when I say bad diet, when it comes to our lives, you know, we'll go through some things that Jesus did, but specifically in our own walk, instead of taking time out, what do we do? You're all guilty of it. I haven't got my phone on me. But you're all guilty of it because you're exactly the same as me. Rather than those few moments that we've got spare and spending that in prayer and saying, Lord, I don't know what's going to come next, but I hope that you're going to be with me. Just strengthen me. Give me all that I need. Rather, I go, can't believe they've done that today. Well, why is he wearing them? Those sorts of things, okay? And the problem is, is that takes up our time. And, And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but we are so consumed by everything that happens around about us that whether it be social media whether it be tv whether it be the news headlines we constantly are immersed in all of that stuff and what does that do well it just simply takes our eyes off the moments that we could have with our savior now i'm talking into a modern society this wouldn't have worked 20 years ago because they'd have gone the into what maybe 25 years ago But you see, the difference is nowadays is we don't need to go to a computer because it's in our hand. Now, I also know that the majority of you will have the Bible app on your phone. Yeah? You might even get through the odd daily reading. You might get emailed uh, the daily bread. All of these things, they all come to us, and that's fantastic, and that's brilliant. And we take time out, I'm sure, to read those. And I'm not having a go at us this morning, but what I'm trying to do is enlighten us to the fact that, much like me, I often do the wrong thing. And I look at the wrong thing, and I'm immersed in the wrong thing. I'm not saying you shouldn't keep up with Facebook or Instagram or whatever your favorite social media is, but I think the paramount thing is that we start our lives at the foot of the cross. And if we want the Lord to shape us and to mould us into what he wants us to be, where else are we going to go for that? How else are we going to develop that childlike faith? When God says jump, we say, how far do you want me to jump? It's a childlike faith that he requires of us. It's a faith that says he is able. It's a faith that doesn't look at my limitations, but looks at God's perfect and wonderful will that says, if that's what God wants, then that's what will happen. Heck, he can even use a donkey. Just checking. Let's just have a look at a few examples of Jesus. Luke chapter 5 and verse 16. Is anybody with me this morning? 
Oh, I'm sure you are. Matthew, Mark, Luke in the Gospels. That was one of the questions on Friday night at our quiz night. It was a great quiz night. I don't want to mention that I was on the winning team, but that's just how it happened. It, I did. There was no fixing. Luke chapter 5 and verse 16. Let's just have a, a quick look at this. It says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. This is on the back of a story um, of the man with leprosy, and it's on the back of all sorts of, uh, of things involving Jesus in calling the first disciples. But what's key about this, and what I want you to just think about for a second, it says really clearly, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now, first question is this. How did Luke compile his gospel, or the gospel about Christ, the good news about Christ? How did he compile it? He went about, he was commissioned, he was asked to go out and find out. That's exactly what he did. He went out and asked people, he asked eyewitnesses, this man Jesus, they tell me that this, this, this occurred. Well, what did you see? Oh, well, we were there. And, and, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. And Luke compiles the story, and he's very clear. Luke's the one that mentions about Jesus praying more than any of the other Gospels. Why is that so interesting? Well, because he was finding out of other people. He was finding out what Jesus was doing. So why is that important? Well, obviously people knew that that's what Jesus was going to do. They knew he was going. He must have done it very regularly for people to remember it. You think about you. What do people remember about you? Usually the mistake. Now you might be like James, he never makes any. That's why he's, he's one of those barrister type people. But the commoner, such as you or me, you know, we make mistakes and people go, ah yeah, well I do remember him actually. Yeah, he made a bit of an error. 1987, bad year for him. You've had 20 years with him, that's all you remember. But here, people clearly, clearly knew that Jesus very regularly, as often as he could, went off to a quiet place, he withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. And why, church, is that so, so important? He knew that he needed to go to his heavenly father. He knew that he needed to find out what was next. He knew that he needed to walk in his father's will. What's different for you or me? Nothing, is it? Nothing. In fact, we need to do exactly the same. Mark chapter 1 and verse 35. Again, if you've got your Bibles, turn to it. Is it Mark chapter 1? Could be. Yeah, it is. Mark chapter 1 and verse 35. Have a look at this. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, now that is early, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Again, we learnt last week that John Mark got his information from Peter. How do we know that this was the case? How do we know that he was going off to pray? Well, the disciples went to find him. The disciples were like, where on earth are you? Simon, it says, and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone's looking for you. They knew full well where he was. 
Simon Peter knew exactly where he was. And this is the, this Jesus made a point to go away and find himself a quiet place so that he could pray. But also, there's a point there for us. Before he began a busy day, what did he do? He prayed. Before he began a busy day, he prayed. An absolutely perfect starting point. Just a few pages over, Mark chapter 6 and verse 46. Again, a passage that we looked at last week um, and brings it home again so clearly. Mark chapter 6 and verse 46. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Jesus has just fed 5,000 people. He goes then from that point, sends the disciples off. And then he goes to a quiet place and he prays and he sits and he talks with his father. So after a busy day, church, what does Jesus do? He prays. After a busy day, he prays. Before a busy day is coming, he prays. During the day, we've seen him go off to quiet places and pray. And at the end of a busy day, what does he do? He goes away and he prays. And this is the point when Paul says in Thessalonians, pray without ceasing anything like me you close your eyes during prayer that just helps me to focus not everybody needs to not everybody's got a mind that wanders as quick as mine so I like to shut my eyes to pray and when I shut my eyes I'm praying to God I also know this is not practical on the A46 or the M1 because if you shut your eyes as I've learned cruise control does not mean does not mean that it drives for you. Saving up for a Tesla Model X for that, so that I can shut my eyes and pray. <laughs> but what we need to understand is what Paul is saying, that it's an attitude, it's a life that's focused around prayer. That at the beginning, at the end, in the middle, and at every turn, every opportunity we have, that we pray. And even more so in the culture that we now live in, because every opportunity that you didn't have and, I, and again, I go back to the social media because they were opportunities that you didn't have. We were so busy. I've not had a moment today. Fibber. Because you're exactly the same as me. And I know I've checked. See what Lol's up to. <laughs> but we have moments. They might be fleeting moments. It might only be 30 seconds. But what a difference it makes to the heart. Because your, your body, your whole heart, your whole head, the whole feeling is that God's in control of this. God is in control of this. Whatever is about to happen is about to happen. Nothing's outside of his plan or his will. And this is what we need to hone in on. And that's what Paul is talking to. It, it points, uh, sorry, it paints a clear picture for me that says that we as his children need to spend time with our father as often as possible. Jesus prayed for many reasons, and if you're a jotter down, primarily these were his reasons, so that he could have communion with his Father, absolutely paramount, that he could spend time with his Heavenly Father, key to all that Jesus was doing and all that he was about to do. The second one is that he could submit to his Father, absolutely, again, paramount, because it was his Heavenly Father that was directing all that needed to happen. Jesus came to be that perfect sacrifice for you and for me. Sin that we have committed. The sin and shame in our lives that we know 
is there, whether we like to admit it as often as possible or not. And that sin separates us from God. And Jesus came with a purpose to conquer that sin. He came with a purpose to conquer death. So that the sin that had pulled us away from God, that we could no longer have communion with him, that Jesus Christ bridged that gap on the cross. And the Bible tells us our sins are as far as the east is from the west. So far as God placed our transgressions from us. Immeasurable. It's done with. It's finished. As we say sorry and we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. So he came and he understood and he was to submit to his father and to give praise and thanks to his father. So often we forget to say thank you, don't we? As a parent of two young children, I find my entire day is taken up with what do you say? What do you say? Can I have a drink? Hmm. What do you say? He's like, I don't know. (laughs) I'm exhausted with it. But our whole day is taken up with remembering pleasers and thank yous, yet as adults. Oh, we forget, don't we? Lord, I'm so thankful for today, for the sunshine, the fact I've got air in my lungs, the fact that I'm healthy, and by your grace, you've given me another day. You know, so many things that we can say thank you for before we even get into the nitty gritty, but we forget. So he gave thanks and praise to his father. And if you want the references for that, I've got quite a few. You can see me after and I can text it across to you. So why is it important? Why is it important to pray? Well, because it acknowledges God in all of our life. It acknowledges God in all of our life and it puts him in charge rather than what? You and me. I like to be in charge. And I can make a right hash of it. And the key is that we have to start with him. It puts him in charge rather than us. It's his will, not ours. It grounds us and gives us a starting point and an end point to every aspect of our daily life. And that's paramount, church. And my other question was, can it make a difference? Now, I believe with all of my heart, that if I take time out to specifically pray for things, I've seen it time and time again in my own life, that God will bring about an answer to that prayer. It's not always my answer. It's not always what I think it was going to be, but God always but always answers it. And if we pray continually to our Heavenly Father, then my question is, how can it not make a difference? It makes a huge difference to our lives. Often we think, well, if I pray about such and such, then that will change that event. Probably it won't. It may not change what's about to come. But what it does do, if we pray about it, if we pray about it, it gives us what we need when that time then approaches. And we ask God to help us and to strengthen us. That's what we're asking him for. Guide us, use us, do what you need to do, Lord. Give me the strength to take on tomorrow. And when we start to do that, it puts us in that place where we know that whatever does get thrown at us, that we can handle it. So I believe it can make a difference. During the month of July... I'm going to talk more about this next week. We're going to have a month of prayer as a church. 
Not something that we've done before, it's not something that we scheduled for, but we feel it's absolutely paramount for us to find ourselves rooted and and there, right in that moment, in the battle, as it were, with God at the very centre and at the helm of all that we're doing. So during the month of July, we're going to pray, and we'll see at the end of the month whether it's made a difference. And church, I'm positive. I am positive that we will bear testimony to the fact that it has made an absolute result happen. And I believe that actually with prayer, it's like prepping clean meals and good exercise. It might take time, but the results will come as hard as it might be. And on that note, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you this morning for your goodness and your grace that, Lord God, we have the opportunity to come before the very King of Kings. We come into the very throne room of grace. And Father, that way was only made possible because of Jesus. And Father, because he was willing to do what needed to be done. He was willing to do your will. As he said, your will, not mine. And there, Father, he went to the cross. And he defeated sin and death. The temple curtain was torn in two. So that ordinary people, like us this morning, could come to you. Through our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And just give thanks and praise. And Father, ask you for guidance and help as if we're talking to our earthly father, we talk to our heavenly father. And Lord God, we just want to praise you this morning. We want to lift your name high. And we ask, Lord God, that you would just guide us and shape us as your church. Father, we might just find ourselves rooted in the word of God. Father, rooted in prayer. And Father, from that, that we might just establish all that you've got laid out for us. So Lord, bless us, we pray. If we ask these prayers in and through our Savior's precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.